Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Dream Drivers, welcome to episode 302 of the Dreams and Drive podcast. I am super excited for you all to hear from today's guest, Whitney Goodman, and we are going to be diving into the topic of toxic positivity and how we can keep it real in a world obsessed with being happy. I think as dream drivers, sometimes we think that we have to constantly be positive and that can kind of unleash this aura of toxic positivity around us and we don't even know what that is. So we're going to speak to Whitney Goodman, who's a psychotherapist behind the popular Instagram account, Sit With Wit. And she's also the owner of the Collaborative Counseling Center, which is a private therapy practice in Miami. Whitney helps individuals and couples heal past wounds and create the life they've always wanted. I had a chance to read bits of Whitney's book, Toxic Positivity, and I just really think our conversation is going to be a great driver's ed dive into the things that we can actively do as dream drivers to make sure that we are really giving ourselves the fuel and the tools to achieve our dreams and to go from park to drive. So hope you guys enjoy that. If you want to make sure that you're following us, we are Dreams and Drive across the board on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So make sure to go and give us a follow. Uh, tag Dreams and Drive if you're sharing about listening to the show. And you can also use the hashtag Dreams and Drive when sharing as well. And if you want to join our email newsletter, The Keys, and get weekly updates via email delivered right to your inbox, you can sign up by going to dreamsanddrive.com slash join. All right. So this is a shorter episode today, but hope you guys enjoy it and hope you guys learn something new. All right. Let's hear from Whitney. Hi, thank you for having me. I am super excited to have you on. You know, I was able to start diving into your book, Toxic Positivity. I follow you on Instagram. And so when, you know, this opportunity came for you to be on the show, I said, yes, yes, yes. I have to have you on. So super excited. Um, I love to start our interviews, though, kind of just. Yeah, I love to start our interviews going back in time a bit. Right. I think it's really important to reflect on who we were as children. Um, So I would love to know, like, who was the young Whitney? What were your inspirations? What was your dream as a child? I have always been fascinated um, about just learning other people's stories, talking to other people. I remember loving to give advice and, like, be in charge from a young age. Um, So I think no one was really surprised that I ended up wanting to be a therapist and and go in to this career. All right. So, you know, Whitney, I know a lot of things probably happened on your way to making this dream a reality, right? But once you finally became a therapist, and I'm saying became in quotes, right? Because I know there's a lot of things that happened in order for that to, for that dream to be realized. What was it like for you? Was it everything you thought it would be? Or, you know, were there some realizations about the reality of this dream realized for you? It was definitely not what I thought it would be at all. I mentioned like I loved giving advice and being right. And as a therapist, that's really not what we do at (laughs) all. More of what we do is like facilitate, you know, for the person to come up with their own advice and their own direction. And so I realized like, or, or even the one in charge, it's typically, you know, the client that's leading me and that I'm learning from. I, I think that realization is probably very important though, right? Because you could have been discouraged, right? But what did you do to then, re- to then um, respond to this realization? Yeah. So my, what I wanted it to be like, I think was very like, 
centered, right? Like I'm going to be the the leader and the advice giver. And once I realized that it was so much less about what I had to say and more about how I could guide this person, I saw how much more effective that was. And the goal was always, you know, to help people become who and how they want to be and help them find what's meaningful to them and their values. And I wanted to find the best way to do that. And a lot of that meant me stepping out of this like expert role and more of just a partner or, or a guide alongside with them. So is that how your interest in the whole idea of toxic positivity came into being? Like, was it something that you saw was coming up with a lot of clients like how did how did you get interested in toxic positivity that this whole idea of it because it's like you know we always think of you know toxic people right but the whole words toxic and positivity it kind of seems like a a oxymoron in a way yeah I think it triggers people because the words don't go together um and I started just seeing this a lot online and there have been other people in the past who have critiqued you know like uh the law of attraction and the secret but what I was noticing from a therapist perspective was that a lot of my clients were coming in and saying, I know I should be grateful, but I shouldn't complain, but I know I should be positive. Like before they would share anything with me. And I was thinking, gosh, like this is the one place where they can complain, where they're supposed to come and talk about what's hard for them. And they're still feeling this pressure. And that couple, with what I was seeing online and especially what I saw kind of rise again throughout the pandemic really inspired me to think like, gosh, we need to talk about this again. Mm-hmm. No, I think, and I think especially for like people who listen to this podcast, people who are building a dream, we always want to be seen grateful, right? That whole idea of like, I shouldn't, I should be grateful, but I feel like this. Like, how do you think it shows up specifically for people who are, you know, entrepreneurs who are in business? Because we, we go through this a lot. Yeah. So there's definitely a huge pressure to be grateful and positive when you're an entrepreneur or someone who's trying to be successful. I think we're sold this message that without positivity and without gratitude, you will never achieve anything and other people are going to kind of beat you to your dream. And what I see is that, yes, being positive is important and being grateful is important, but actually as an entrepreneur, you need to be able to look out for problems. You need to see what is negative or what might need fixing if you want to be successful. Just having a positive attitude can actually inhibit a lot of your growth. Oh, I love that. It reminds me of the chapter that you have about like, stop shaming yourself, right? And when positivity doesn't help in your in your book. And I think that those ideas of shame and just admitting like, this isn't going well, it's, it's something a lot of us don't want to face or we don't want to admit. Exactly. I actually, I had another business before I did my book that was like a shared office space in Miami and I had to shut it down during the pandemic. And that was such a time where I was like, gosh, I'm afraid to admit this out loud. I don't want to tell people that it failed, but it was the best business decision for me to shut it down. And had I been continuing to say, I see to be positive, it's going to turn around. I actually think I would have just lost more money (laughs) um, and really not been able to focus on what was important to me, like this book or my therapy clients. A lot of it is just like reorienting yourself to what is right for you in that moment. Yeah, because I think like sometimes toxic positivity can 
make you stay in situations that are really just not good for you, right? Absolutely. I think we see this in relationships, um, in jobs, you know, career paths where people will say like, oh, come on and get better. Or you worked so hard to get there or just give it a little bit more time. And if we actually stepped back from that positive attitude and said like, do I need to give this more time? Or is there really something wrong here that needs to be repaired or changed? Yeah, no, I th- I definitely agree with you on that. And I think that it's something that we as dream drivers can start thinking about, like, how do you go, how do you go, how do you go about processing these emotions, right? All right. I have a bad emotion. I have something that I'm feeling instead of trying to good vibe my way, you know, out of it. What are some steps that you then tell people to do in order to help process these type of emotions? So the first step, I think, is just to look at the emotion as being neutral. So it's not good. It's not bad. It's just a feeling. We feel weird, different feelings all the time. And when we label them, it gets more difficult to process them. So after that, then you can say, all right, what is this experience like for me? Like, what am I feeling physically? What thoughts are going through my head? And what would I call this feeling? What label would I give it? And the research shows us that when we're able to label a feeling, it becomes more known to us and less scary. Once that happens, you can kind of move more into logic and go back to what we were talking about before of like, do I need to do something about this feeling? Or is this just something that's coming up? Especially in business or entrepreneurship, you might feel fear in times where there's not really something to be scared of and it's time to push past that fear. And other times you might feel fear and it's like, all right, I should be scared of this. It it could really go wrong. Something bad could happen. And you have to decide what do I want to do with that fear? You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do the kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. Even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. And that's why we created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with, in style. Learn more at InfinityUSA.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. This episode of Dreams and Drive is brought to you by This Is L. Hey, my lady dream drivers, as many of you may know, I'm all about keeping it natural and keeping it healthy. And as dream drivers, I believe it's important for us to take care of our minds, soul, and bodies. And the one time of the month that some of us may actually forget is that time of the month, a.k.a. when we get our periods. So meet This Is L, period care inspired by nature. This Is L has 100% organic cotton core, and L tampons contain organic cotton without the organic price. 
So L is the number one cotton brand in feminine care in the U.S. And it's made for everyone. They have this tagline, we may not all look the same, but we are all created equal. So let's treat every person, every body, every vagina with love. L is for loving your body with clean and simple period care, free from synthetic pesticides and dyes. So as we're on this dream driving journey, let's invest in our feminine health. So if you're in the market for new feminine products, visit thisisl.com to learn more. Ooh, that makes sense. Do you ever do you have an example of like how this plays out in real life or anyone maybe from your own life or from a client? Like how how have you seen someone implement this and it really transform their life? Yeah. I mean, I personally do this all the time and it's something I teach clients to do that. I think when I'm explaining it, it sounds very like robotic, but the more that you do it, it becomes very ingrained. So let's say, you know, I have a client that's about to make a really big business decision. Maybe they're about to quit their full-time job to go out on their own. We might want to look at like, all right, what am I feeling today? And kind of track that over the course of the day? What are some thoughts that I keep having? And when you can get all the data in front of you, then people are able to look at this, right? Here are the real risks. You know, how am I going to pay my bills? Do I have a child to take care of? You know, I need to eat. Those are things, fears that are legitimate that we have to account for. And then the other fears that someone might have are like, Maybe I'm afraid of being judged or like I'm going to fail. That might be a fear where it's like, those are fears that I have control over and that I might want to do something with and trying to divide them into these buckets. And the more that you do this, the more automatic it becomes that now I kind of do this all the time with big decisions. Yeah. And it makes it, it seems like it makes it so much easier to attack when you break it down like that. Right. It's kind of, I know for me, I get overwhelmed really easy. A lot of my friends are like, Raina, you make something small into like the biggest thing ever. Like that's been a characteristic of myself for a long time. And I sometimes stepping away from it and looking at it from a bird's eye view really doesn't help give you perspective as well. You know? Yeah. And sometimes when people do that, you know, where they get really overwhelmed um, in details or making something seem big, it's often I find because they feel like they don't have control, they don't have the resources or the skills. And so that's when I want to, like you said, get a bird's eye view and be like, what do you have access to here that could make you feel more empowered and in control of the situation? And also what are the lacks, you know, what are the blind spots where you might need to bring in reinforcements or learn new things? Ooh, I really like that. Um, is this the same thing too as, well, not the same thing. How does this compare with your idea of productive complaining, right? Because I think some sometimes when we're dream drivers, we're building dreams, there may be something negative that happens or we may have to even like confront someone, right? But we don't want to seem like we're quote unquote complaining. Like what's what's the strategy that you use with your clients or in your work that helps people navigate past this or really be more productive with their complaining? Yeah. So the first thing I think is to redefine what complaining means to us. So a lot of us see it as a very like negative, bad habit. And I think complaints are really an an inside look into what is important to you, what's valuable and what might need to be changed. 
So when you go to complain, you want to identify with facts and logic, what is it specifically that I'm complaining about or that I'm upset about? And then look at what is my ideal outcome here? So for some people, it might be to actually fix or change something. And others, it might just be, I need to vent and be heard and listened to. And then you want to figure out who is the right person to go to with this. The most ineffective taxing type of complaining is when we go to people that either can't support us, can't fix something for us, or just make us feel worse. And I think that's when we can kind of get stuck in this like shame cycle of, of complaining being bad or not effective. Mm, I love that you mentioned that. And it made me think like, I have a friend who you probably have a friend like this too. I love her to death. Right. But I know she is just not somebody that knows how to help me when I am, like you said, like when I am going through something like this, our ways of logic are so different. Where I'm like, <laughs> I didn't want you to judge me. I just wanted to talk. Right? Yeah. And it, yeah. It's so important then. I think sometimes like what I'm hearing too is you also, I think boundaries then become very important. And like, it's okay. Like you might have a friend who says, Hey, you can come to me, but you, it's all right to say, Hey, no, like you're not the right person <laughs> for this, you know? And save yourself like the personal grief. That's how I feel at least. Absolutely. Yeah. You can tell people like, hey, I don't want your help. And if you're on the other end of the receiving end of the complaining, it's okay to set a boundary there of like, I'm not the best person to help you with this. And I think sometimes we save people and help them more when we can identify our weak spots and where we can't be helpful to people. So what are you dreaming of? Adventure, more family time, a change of scenery? The Nerds at NerdWallet can help you take the first step towards making your dream a reality. NerdWallet is a personal finance site run by money nerds who make it easy to compare and find the smartest financial products for you. So let's say you want to book an adventure beyond your backyard. NerdWallet can help you compare and find travel rewards credit cards so that you can use everyday purchases to rack up on points for flights, hotels, and more. Or maybe you want to spend more quality time with your fam. As dream drivers, that's important. NerdWallet can help you compare and find financial advisors so you can find less time watching investments and more time with the kids they've got tools calculators and side-by-side comparisons to help you find the smartest products for you so you can turn your dreams into reality personally my 2022 goal is scaling dreams and drive so i can use nerd wallet to compare hundreds of the top credit cards and investing accounts nerd wallet makes that super easy are you ready to compare your way there? Compare and find the smartest credit cards, investing accounts, and more at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet Compare Incorporated, NMLS 1617539. NerdWallet is not an investment advisor nor an investment broker. Information is for educational purposes only. This Black History Month, McDonald's is kicking off Future 22, a campaign celebrating 22 Gen Z leaders across the country who are making an impact on their communities right now. This generation may have the largest influx of young leaders since the civil rights movement. They're starting their own organizations, finding ways to empower youth and culture, standing up and speaking out. McDonald's is showcasing their efforts and the impact they're having on the world. Did you know there's Black Sign Language? It's a form of American Sign Language that truly speaks our language. Student J.C. Smith is an advocate for the Black, Deaf, and Blind and is an expert in BASL who works to help keep the tradition alive. McDonald's introduces his story and the stories of other Gen Z community leaders impacting the future on Instagram at WeAreGolden. 
So make sure you check out We Are Golden on Instagram to hear more about these black youth leaders and their stories. And it also helps you. I'm saying I'm just saying this from a personal perspective. It also helps you not feel bad or rejected. Right. That's my personal feeling. Sometimes if someone says, hey, you know, I can't talk about this right now or, you know, I don't think you're the best person for me. I might feel rejected, right? But by putting this framework, it's it's able it it's a way for me to then understand better and not then take it so personal. Cuz I can I know sometimes I I can take things very personal. So it's I love that you you explain it like that. Yeah, and really recognizing what our limits are. Yeah, no, that's very important. Very very important. Um, you know, I love your Instagram page, right? And a lot of the things that you share, so like right now I'm looking at a quote that says self-improvement can become a lot like dieting, right? I feel like your page is very like very different compared to like self-help pages and you keep it real, right? How <laughs> how do you navigate being this person online with such a distinct opinion and such a distinct voice, because a lot of us are building, you know, dreams or building visions that may not be the mainstream vision, right? So it's really important that you have this solid belief in what you're doing. Can you share with our dream drivers some of the things that you do to really, you know, stay true to what your mission and vision is? Yeah, I used to um, take any comment that disagreed with me like very personally. So that's something I've really tried to work on on my own is like, how can I ensure that to the best of my ability, I'm not harming others, that I'm speaking from a place of like integrity in line with my values, you know, that respects the license that I hold as a healthcare professional. And then after all of that, knowing these are my beliefs and I have the voice that's going to resonate with some and really not resonate with others. And I have to just like stand confidently in that. And some days that's easier than others, of course. No, I definitely can understand. And, you know, what do you feel like is the reason that helped your, you know, Instagram grow so much? Do you think it's because you were being very honest and you were had this very specific point of view when it comes to um, psychotherapy, therapy in general? Yeah, I noticed actually I used like a social media company at first when I got started and my my page wasn't growing at all. And the second I started really just writing like as me putting up my own posts and captions sounding like elf was when things started to take off. If I tried to copy or emulate anybody else, it it doesn't work. Oh. No, I think that that's a great tip for anyone listening in, like sticking, stay true to your voice (laughs) because your voice is your voice for a reason. And I think it also goes to a lot of us doubting ourselves and doubting our visions and our dreams and our ability to even put a dream into motion. Um, What's something that what's something else that, you know, in your line of work that you think that a lot of times entrepreneurs or dream drivers struggle with when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to this idea of toxic positivity? I think that people just feel like they have to think a certain way in order to have success. And that if they kind of deviate from that mainstream, like motivational thinking or law of attraction, they won't get the things that they want. And I find that when entrepreneurs, people with businesses are able to tap into like 
their pain and their discomfort and all these other things, they end up actually achieving a lot more than if they try to silence all of that. Mm. That's the hard work, right? Like the thing that I wrote down as you were typing or as you were talking, and I think people might be thinking about this too, is like, this takes too much work, right? Like it's too (laughs) much, like it's hard. And you probably hear this with your clients, right? When you suggest something or when they come to, um, you know, some kind of realization within their own therapy where they realize they actually have to do the work if if they want to see results. How do you then help guide people who are having that trouble with the execution of this? Because you can say you want to do it, but if you're not going to actually implement anything, then that's where, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. The, the harder option is actually staying how people are trying to suppress everything. I find that people think this work is so hard because it's so vulnerable, Mm -hmm. but silencing all your feelings is actually taking a ton of work. And so just starting small, like how can I be a little bit more honest with one more person in my life? When somebody close to me asks how I am, can I be a little bit more truthful than just saying great and slowly trying to open up in the spaces that allow that? I really love that. Like just taking it one step at a time, right? Like not trying, when I'm thinking of like this, I'm thinking of a a gear shift, a metaphor for, you know, dream driving. It's all right. You can't go from park to drive just in one step. You have to go through the reverse and the neutral to get to drive, right? (laughs) Cause God forbid, like, you know, you have to take those steps. I love, I love it that you, I love that you break it down like that. Um, You know, as we wind down, Whitney, you have this, this book, maybe you can tell our, our listeners a little bit more about why this is something that they need to read and what they can really get out of learning to keep it real in a world obsessed with being happy. I think people will learn from this book that we're a lot more alike than we are different and that everyone has bad days, difficult moments, and that if we're able to recognize the value of our negativity, of our complaints, we can actually find a lot of power and use from what's happening there. And it will help us connect even more with the people around us and feel less alone. I love that. And especially because we're all existing, we're all in this new normal of a pandemic where our lives have changed dramatically, right? Like we're talking about, we were talking before we started, like we're both pandemic moms, right? And just the very act of raising a child during a pandemic, I feel like that could be like a a whole subcategory, toxic positivity, new mom edition, right? (laughs) Like you probably know, like people will try to make you, I, at least for me, let me talk about myself. Like there have times, there have been times during the journey where people have made me feel like I can't express the uncomfortable parts of new motherhood. Right. But it's when I did. And when I started being real about those, those more tax taxing or troubling parts of it, that I was able to find community. Right. And that was, I was able to find answers. I was able to find support Because you can easily, like you said, like bottle it all up in and explode. And what happens that who wants to explode? Exactly. Yeah, I I experienced so much of that toxic positivity while I was pregnant right after I had the baby. And it's well intentioned, but 
like you said, when you're in a place where things aren't great, it's the last thing you want to hear. <laughs> right? Like, oh, it's okay that, you know, you have to have a drive-by baby shower. At least you're alive. At least the baby's healthy. <laughs> right. like, but do you not realize, like, this is not the way that, you know, anyone imagined being pregnant, anyone imagined giving birth, anyone imagined going to doctor's offices. Please give me some grace exactly. to just be real. <laughs> Yeah, that that yeah, could be that yeah. could be a I whole, completely a whole, understand that. Yeah, that could be a whole uh, a whole subsection, a new book, part two. I just gave you an idea for a new <laughs> category. You. <laughs> um, you know, as we wind down, Whitney, I I always think it's important to talk about keys to success, right? You couldn't be a dream driver without your keys to success. So I would love for you to tell our dream drivers, you know, three things that they need in their toolkit before they hit the road. And this can be like the the toxic positivity edition, right? You know, three guidelines, three tools, but help us, you know, what would you recommend our dream drivers invest in? Yeah, I think emotional flexibility is huge. Um, resilience is definitely very important and the ability to be wrong. Why is that one so important? The last one? Yeah, ability to be wrong. I think that to me is what makes certain entrepreneurs so successful is to know when you need to cut your losses, when to say this isn't a good idea, even if you've invested everything into it and be flexible Yeah, because you really like there can be good that comes from admitting that. And I think it's all right. Um, I think you have this quote. I want to get it. It was really powerful. It was like, it's all right to it was in your the end of it where you were talking about the basic human. Oh, not everything is possible for every person in your life will have meaning, purpose and joy. And I think there's this whole thing of like, you know, the possibilities are endless, right? Or like anything is possible. But sometimes some things are just not possible. Like your dog walking idea for polar bears. That's not possible, <laughs> right? Right. It's not going right. to happen. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And just because it's possible doesn't always mean you should do it or that you want to do it. So orienting yourself towards like what's possible and what's meaningful for you. Yeah. And then the other quote you have about like life will challenge you and and it will reward you. I think that's very good for perspective, because sometimes when you're down low, all you can think about is like, oh, this is happening to me. Oh, this feels so bad. But knowing that also like there, there are going to be bad times. And yes, this feels sucky. But, you know, there will also be good times as well. Not negating the bad times and not negating the good times, but you'll have both of those. So that's that's something I love. Exactly. This. So can you tell our listeners where they can connect with you online if they want to learn more about your work, they want to buy a book, if they want to be, be involved with Sit With Wit? Find me on Instagram uh, at sitwithwit and sitwithwit.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, Whitney. This has been a pleasure. And I really hope you guys grab a copy of this book. It's something you definitely want to have in, in your toolkit as you navigate building your dreams. Thank you for having me. All right, so that's a wrap for episode 302 with Whitney Goodman. I hope you enjoyed hearing her dream driving journey as well as her keys to success and things that we can do as dream drivers to make sure that we are moving past toxic positivity and really keeping it real in a world that is obsessed with being happy. If you enjoyed this episode, if you found it useful, Please make sure to follow us online. We are Dreams and Drive across the board on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can use the hashtag Dreams and Drive when sharing as well. 
And lastly, guys, if you want to get our weekly news out of the key delivered to your email inbox, just sign up at dreamsanddrive.com slash join. And wherever you're listening to this episode, please make sure that you are subscribed so that you get notifications every time we have a new episode. I'm always looking for new stories. So if you guys think you are somebody who would be great for the show, or if you know someone who would be great for the show, encourage them to go to dreamsanddrive.com slash pitch to pitch their story. I'm always reading it. I'm always checking to see who is submitting. So please make sure you submit your story if you think you'd be a great guest on the show. Keep dreaming, keep driving, and we'll chat again in episode 303. Bye, guys.